In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I bend my knees before the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom all fatherhood in heaven and on earth takes its name. These words of St. Paul, which we shall hear very soon for the Feast of the Sacred Heart, are very closely tied to the words which were once heard by Catholics many centuries ago before the institution of the Feast of the Holy Trinity. For well over a thousand years now throughout the Christian world, we have celebrated the Feast of the Holy Trinity today at the conclusion of Eastertide. It was once was simply a green Sunday, the first Sunday after Pentecost, the mystery of which is very closely tied to that of the Trinity. For in that Mass, which we do not celebrate today, we would hear from the Apostle St. John, who speaks about the love of the Eternal Father. And the fact that we cannot love, were it not for the fact that He has loved us first. Now that our Lord has become incarnate, has been born and lived among us, suffered and died for us, risen from the dead, ascended into heaven, and sent to us the Father's Spirit of truth. We are invited today to consider for a moment the mystery of love within God himself, the love that exists among the persons of the Trinity, the love which, like its image here on earth, begins with the Father. All fatherhood in heaven and on earth takes its name from that eternal fatherhood of God. It is most certainly not the other way around. We do not, nor would we ever dare say that we call God Father by some sort of metaphor. Rather, we would not know what fatherhood is did we not take that name from the true fatherhood in heaven. Man has been created in God's image, and so fatherhood on, among men has been created in that same divine image. And love always begins with the Father. A father draws us to him with love, protects and defends us with strength, admonishes us with caring sternness, and rebukes us sometimes with calm but firm justice. The scripture could not be more clear on this point. Our first father, formed from the earth and created in the image of the Eternal Father, was constituted not just to be the tiller of the soil. No, we are told he was established in the garden to maintain it, to enjoy it, but also to keep it, to protect it. 
The question for fathers is not then considering the abominable mis misfortune that befell our first parents. Why did Adam take the fruit which Eve offered him? No, fathers should ask themselves rather, why did Adam even let that serpent talk to his wife? That is why, as your spiritual father, I feel I am right in taking a few moments today to exercise my office of Good Shepherd, which is indeed what all priests are called to be. The Council of Trent reminds us we are shepherds, not sheriffs. We do not discharge our duty toward you simply in laying down the law. No, we must do our best with the aid of divine grace to draw you to Christ, to protect and defend you from temptation and error, to admonish you when you are in danger of sin, and sometimes to rebuke you when you have fallen into it. For I think this message is very urgent today. I truly fear that we have all become so distracted by the so-called crisis in the church that we are forgetting to examine our own consciences. Surely we cannot let persistent corruption and hypocrisy in the hierarchy, which has always been there in one way or another among fallen man, no, surely we cannot allow this to be an excuse not to work out our own salvation. This requires no time spent on any particular blog. We do not need to seek out any particular conspiracy theory. No, fathers, today there is only one conspiracy theory you need to buy into. The world, the flesh, and the devil are all in cahoots to encompass the ruin of you and your family. That is why, as a loving father, I must remind you today, do not neglect your duty to defend the garden. Do not assure yourself that Eve has it all covered. Talk to your children. Ask them what they're up to, whom they talk to, what influences are in their lives. Sometimes punishment is necessary, but always make it clear to them that if they are frank and honest with you, that honesty will be rewarded with gentleness and mercy. But do not think for a minute that the world will simply pass them by. Do not think because you are a dad in the traditional Catholic world that you have some sort of free pass, that none of the ills that befall other children in our society could ever befall yours. For your children, just like all children of Adam, are afflicted with the same wounds of original sin.
which can be healed only by the saving wounds of Christ. And most prominent among these wounds is the wound known as concupiscence, which the Apostle St. John tells us is a threefold wound. Concupiscence of the flesh, concupiscence of the eyes, and the pride of life. All of us are tempted at one time or another to gluttony, that is, making use of nourishing food and drink beyond right reason. But I hope you know well enough that today members of your family are tempted to far greater sins in this regard. Yes, to alcohol abuse, but also to the whole world of drugs, which we certainly can no longer classify simply as illegal drugs. Nor should you think for a moment, although this could be the topic of an entirely different sermon, that we are on the path simply to legalizing some of these dangerous substances. No, I'm afraid the state will never leave it at that. They will not simply legalize. They will want their cut on it so that it will become profitable for people to be addicted to these things. Yes, your children are in grave danger of falling into these addictions. In danger as well of falling into the unspeakable vice, sins against the angelic virtue. One day, fathers, you will call, be called to give an account before the judgment seat of Christ of how you have failed to speak to your sons about the necessity of being a Christian gentleman, especially toward the opposite sex. To give an account as well of your failure to protect your daughters from bad company, from young men who intend only their dishonor. Concupiscence of the eyes. We all know well enough how many men in our society are completely at the mercy of this demonic vice. Let it suffice for me to remind you today, dear fathers, that if you indulge in this form of lust. You will have to answer on Judgment Day not only for your own personal sins, but also for those of your sons whom you have infected by bringing this evil under your roof. Yes, of course, by letting them have cell phones and unbridled internet access, but also simply by the very fact that you are committing these sins in their midst. Yes, in that special pride which the Apostle calls the pride of life. You fathers are called more than anyone else to be a sign of contradiction in the face of this voice of the world. The pride of life is nothing else than the world 
whispering to your children that they have a choice to make, a choice between the devout life and a successful life. To be devout will mean to be dull and friendless, without any real joy, until that day finally comes when they die. St. Francis de Sales told us long ago that this is the lie the world brings before your children. They are told that, yes, they will be miserable if they resign themselves to observing this cold code of ours, which is the Christian religion. No, says our saint, nothing can be happier than the devout life. Nothing more pleasant, nothing more joyful to the heart. Nothing is more fun than true Christian fun. No other true friends except those with whom we share a love of Christian virtue. I fear, too, that on one day, on Judgment Day, those who have fallen prey to the enticements of the world, and I think especially of the world of drugs, they will turn to us and say, why are you standing here with us on Judgment Day? You knew the truth. You knew that the pleasures the world has to offer are only cheap imitations of the eternal joys offered by God. Anyone who's ever read Huxley's Brave New World knows that the preponderance of that one particular safe drug that everyone is encouraged by the state to consume in large quantities is there to placate the masses and give them a cheap taste of something like eternity, where for a moment they can forget about past and future and just dwell in the now. Yes, like all diabolical imitations, this one comes very close, it seems, to the truth. For eternity is now. When eternity comes, past and future will be over. We will simply contemplate God forever, and at long last our heart will be at rest. Our joy will be boundless, for we will be filled at long last with the one thing that could fill our hearts, that eternal Father who created them. Yes, fathers, it is your duty, above that of all other men, to show the example in this regard. Remember that your children, when they are small, look to you as a sort of superman. You're bigger and stronger than any other person they know. What an impression it makes on them when they see you kneeling before someone greater than you. Yes, today let us all bend our knees before the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom all fatherhood in heaven and on earth takes its name. To him be all glory and honor, Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen.